Hey everybody, Chris Chipman, aka The Chippa here from The Chippa Made This Brand of Podcasts, here with another movie review. This one is incredibly special to me. Um, this one ties into one of my four podcasts. I have the Chipman Brothers Tangent, Creating Geeks, Shooting the Shit with Chippa, and um, the Talkbuster Podcast. And uh, the Talkbuster podcast here is the one um, that this ties into. And uh, let me tell you, um, you know, you might think this is silly. Um, you might completely get it. Um, but this is this is an, an emotional one, an emotional experience. This one, um, this one makes me feel feelings, folks. Um, and uh, those of you that know me and know the Talkbuster podcast. Um, understand how much uh, the video rental industry and my time working at Blockbuster um, meant to me and meant to my friends um, that I've had on the show and other people who've been on as guests. Um, and uh, you just need to understand the 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 weight um, of of something like this when you know you're 17, 16 years old, been hanging out at a video store on a Friday night. Um, Wednesday night, you know, whatever it is. Um, and this is what it really was. It was like hanging out at a comic shop. This was not, you know, like a corporate, like Best Buy, get in, get out kind of place. We were in there, you know, talking about movies and I, you know, uh, I'll admit it wholeheartedly did not have the best time. Um, seventh, eighth, ninth, even 10th grade, um, 11th grade. Um, I started, you know, going to the blockbuster that my brother, uh, Bob movie, Bob Chipman worked at and, um, started befriending the guys that worked there because I really wasn't getting along with the people I went to school with. Um, that changed in my senior year. I kind of started these two mutual giant microcosms of friends, um, between the kids that I ended up clicking with in senior year of high school. And a lot of them are still my friends today. And then the folks at that first store, the Salem, Massachusetts blockbuster. But um, just, to, you know, a reminder before I get into this, at how absolutely important that was to me. So when I tell you how important it is right now, tonight, and how much of an honor it is for me to be reviewing Taylor Morden and Zeke Cam's film, The Last Blockbuster. This is a documentary about the last blockbuster in the world. Um, which is the blockbuster in Bend, Oregon, run by general manager Sandy Harding, her son Ryan Harding, and mutual friends and family of theirs throughout the years, including the Tischer family. Um, it started out as Pacific Video. It still has Pacific Video on the door. Um, it's incredible that the last blockbuster in the world was a franchised blockbuster, a store that, you know, was a big, you know, mom and pop one that blockbuster was touted as taking down and destroying, but, you know, they bought them up, they franchised with them, and now after the corporate entity that was Blockbuster as a store is gone, um, that store is still sitting there um, as a franchise with Pacific Video, still owned by the Tisher family, and still going strong, even through the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, before I get deeper into my review of the film, I just want to say, uh, anyone that knows of Family Video, which is a Midwestern video store chain. You know, Blockbuster's down to one. It's become a bit of a novelty and also a tourist attraction. It's getting all of the press. Um, but Family Video, you know, somehow because of the lack of internet and just kind of being in a more rural area, 
has hung out, they've managed to latch on and survive um, longer than Blockbuster did as a corporate entity. Um, sure, there can be many different arguments as to why this documentary goes into a lot of those reasons why Blockbuster didn't actually stick around. But Family Video took a big hit. They closed a large portion of their stores. They still have three or four hundred at the time of this recording. And they have started a hashtag Save the Video Store initiative. Um, I don't know if there's any GoFundMes or anything that have come of that as of right now, but it's more to get awareness out there that they still exist and they need, you know, your rentership and your clientele or go online and buy swag or whatever it is. And I know the folks at the last Blockbuster documentary and at the Bend, Oregon Blockbuster store personally are sharing and supporting that message as well, because that umbrella is all, this is no longer the, you know, Blockbuster Hollywood video movie gallery you know, um, God, family video, West Coast video, you know, you name your chains that we're all battling at one period of time. This world is more um, us lifting each other up together and surviving. And that's the whole point. So I just wanted to say at the beginning of this review, um, hashtag save the video store, get on over and look up family video, get on over and look up the Blockbuster in Bend, Oregon, go to their website, um, you can buy this movie. You can pre-order this movie. You can buy merchandise that's made local. You got to get over there. You got to support them because right now that's the only way places like this are going to stay open. So back to my review of this film. I'm sitting here next to my Blockbuster gumball machine. My Blockbuster gumball machine has signatures and store codes of everyone who's recorded an episode of Talkbuster with me in person. Um, I need to start adding you know, from the people that I've done, but I, I hope to, you know, have maybe like a live show again when this is all over that people can show up to and sign it. But it is, you know, the original blue um, corkscrew gumball machine that at least all the local blockbusters around here had. This is from the original Salem store and I'm sitting right next to it right now holding in my hand a Blu-ray DVD combo of the last blockbuster that's actually signed by Sandy Harding and Taylor Morton which is really cool. Um, the details on this, you've probably seen the box for this, the Blu-ray um, on Blockbuster Ben's website or shared around, but it's cool. It's got a legitimate, real, be kind, please rewind sticker, um, the type that they used to put on, on it. When you open it up and get a look at the DVD and Blu-ray, there's authentic looking old warning labels and, you know, 50 cents charge, if not rewound, which the franchise stores were able to do. And one night rental stickers, which, you know, it always cracks me up seeing them on a Blu-ray or a DVD. Because we learned, you know, they used to say, oh, you could put the security code on there. It would actually make it lopsided and it wouldn't work in some people's um, uh, DVD players. So that that became hell. But the, the authenticity of all of this, I, I remember when Taylor was getting ready to put the uh, DVD out, he was searching around for people that had pictures of this stuff. It's got the checkout day in yellow, the two-day rental in red, and the weekly rental in blue, little thing that they stuck on all the movies um, so you could know, hey, when you rented it, this is when you return it. It's got something printed out by the Dot Matrix style um, register tape printer. It says, The Last Blockbuster Documentary 2020. 88 minutes not rated. Written and directed by Taylor Morden and Zeke Cam. You guys, you know, I... <laughs> You've made a love letter here. This is the story of the last remaining blockbuster video in the world. The massive global phenomenon that once had over 9,000 locations is now down to a single store in the small town of Bend, Oregon. 
and then you know it tells you it's from pop motion pictures um it was narrated by lauren lapkus um it's got you know a hell of a cast which i'm you know not gonna say outside of a couple of the names in the back here because i want you guys to be surprised when people pop up because i was surprised by a lot of the people they're able to get in here but um you know uh kevin smith is a particular um great one i mean anyone that's ever worked in a video store knows clerks you forgot your keys you know <laughs> we just had so many damn quotes um from that movie and smith is in here as kind of you know the the geek godfather you know overseeing all of this um adam brody who you know they credit for the things that he does now that people knows like jennifer's body and things but i'll always think of him as you know the kid from the gilmore girls um and, and he's he's a blast in this and there's just so many great interviews and any of you that have been following along with my podcast and if you hadn't um i'll implore you to go back and watch because i could go on and on and on about the behind the scenes stuff that i knew about the making of this movie um i've had taylor morden on my show multiple times i've had sandy harding on my show multiple times when i started having them on the podcast two years ago they were not the last blockbuster in the world they were the last blockbuster in america and when he started making this movie there was you know I think um, it says in the film that there was like 13 or 14 or some number like that left in the world. And so the documentary itself um, evolves from, you know, just, hey, let's talk to people about people's nostalgia with Blockbuster and turns into a story about whether or not this last one in the world is going to be able to stay open. Um, the amount of detail that went into this thing just amazes me. From the start, you know, it has a you know, very um, tracking, adjusting, you know, VHS, you know, the, the four by three pan and scan type of thing. And then it moves out into being, you know, the full film, you know, type of um, aspect ratio that you think of on a Blu-ray or DVD. There's also VHSs that are apparently coming out. And if it's anything like the uh, VHS that Taylor did for Pick It Up, Scott, in the 90s, which was an equally wonderful and nostalgic and important movie for me, um, it's going to be awesome just to see this movie, this documentary in that format. But I need to go back to just the weight, the weight of what I'm holding in my hands right now. Um, you know, they do this in the documentary. They have people holding that VHS tape. And I wish this was on VHS so I could hold it and talk about how it smells and talk about the click of the clamshell Amory case and all of that. But... Just the look of it, the way that it's done out. I'm, I'm thinking back to the movie and when I'm watching it, this is special. I'm 36 years old and I'm sitting here holding a documentary made about something that at the time when I started, Blockbuster was as imprinted on society as something like McDonald's, as something like um, you know, Burger King, as something like movie theaters, as something like shopping malls. This is not something that was going to go away. Where else are you going to get your movies? This is what everybody did. And I'm realizing after watching this and probably from talking to people, you know, that I've um, been recording podcasts with or like my show, that they've never stepped foot in a store like this. And when I was a kid, this was like the family outing. You know, your your mom and you and your and the family would go out and rent some movies and dad would come home from work and bring a pizza and we'd sit down and watch a movie together every single Friday night. That was like the thing to do. Then you start dating, you start hanging out with friends, you come home with a big stack of VHS tapes. And the thing is, 
I've grown up with documentaries. We've grown up with documentaries about stuff that happened before we were born, that happened in the you know 40s, 50s, 60s. We don't have any basis to know if that movie was authentic. Yeah, you you know you hear from you know your grandfather, your parents. Oh yeah, that's how it went down, or oh, they didn't get it right. But there hasn't been much in my life that I've really lived a moment that was so impactful and so important that I remembered well enough to think, does this feel authentic? And that's, I think, the most important thing that I want to impress upon you if you're wondering, you know, through this review, if you should check out The Last Blockbuster. Because, come on, I make a podcast about Blockbuster Video and Video Rental. There's no way I wasn't going to like this movie. But I need to impress something on all of you. This movie is special. This movie is special, and there isn't really another movie like it. And the reason I say that is because it's... It's like watching or having a future look into a time capsule because I lived it. Yeah, it was 18 years ago, but I lived it. And only 12 years ago, you could still walk in the door. But watching it on screen, watching people walk into a blockbuster that I have not been to the Bend, Oregon blockbuster yet, so I can't attest to what the feeling feels like in person, but just getting to walk back 12 years, walk back 18 years, but know that that was so commonplace that I could do that anytime I want is not a feeling that I've had in 12 to 18 years. I don't think about right now that I'll just get in the car and go drive down the street to the Blockbuster, but seeing it on the movie, it's like visiting an old friend. This movie is like visiting an old friend or a family member that you can just start that conversation right back up with, right where you left off the last time you were talking, even if that last time you were talking was 18 years ago. I guarantee you if I walked into that Blockbuster in Bend, Oregon, I roughly know where things were, even though I've never been in the store, could probably run the register because you'll see from this, they're still using the same old um, operating system and old register. They just compiled them all. Um, Nothing, nothing have I experienced in my life that's been something that was made as a love letter to something that I lived through, to something that I did. And certainly when we were one of 9,000 stores in the country, do you know what I mean? Or in the world or, or, you know, whatever it was, I wasn't thinking that in my 30s, I'd be watching a documentary about Blockbuster because then I was thinking in my 30s, Blockbuster would still be there because movies aren't going anywhere. And they kind of aren't, even though movie theaters are on a scary chopping block now too. But, you know, if, if you think this sounds like it's coming from a place of, you know, nostalgia goggles, sure, it is nostalgia goggles. Blockbuster was a big evil corporation, just like all big evil corporations. And I've said this in my show before, but that doesn't change the fact that the experience of working there and the experience of renting there, if you had the right people, wasn't something wholeheartedly special. The smell, the look, the interactions, the types of films they brought in the quantity of films coming in on a you know monday or tuesday monday night to get the wall ready for the movies to come out on tuesday and your regulars coming in and knowing this movie captures that feel it captures those conversations it captures that 
blue collar every man work and that camaraderie and that geekiness you know with the types of people they have coming you know they they're not interviewing you know the corporate suits there's a couple of those guys in here and it offers a good um perspective on what actually went down with the whole blockbuster and netflix thing and all of that is you know a in addition to the story but what really matters here is there's still a blockbuster around there's still people putting that blood sweat and tears and time into it it's not just a novelty it's a functioning store with functioning renters and people are still coming in droves because they want that experience and you know seeing that put to video seeing that put sorry put to film being able to experience and talk to the people that were making that and now see it, I don't think there's a more important thing in my life outside of my marriage, my children, you know, having my, you know, experiences I've experienced with my parents and family. But like, this is a job. This is a job I didn't have for long. I've had my current job for 12 years. And when I worked at Blockbuster, I worked from 2001 to 2008 with like a two-year gap in the middle. The biggest memories I have was from the very first store I worked at, and that was only about two years. And yet, these memories are so goddamn important to me. The people I worked with in that store were my wedding party and my marriage. I met my wife when I was working at this store. This is... This isn't just a movie. This is... This is like a group outing. You know, for people that, you know, Blockbuster brought people together the way the internet brings people together. But in the early doldrums of the internet, you were able to have these individual stores. You couldn't return the movie to a different store. You had to return it to that one. But it was a sameness that bound us all together. At one point in time, there were 9,000 locations, which means nearly the entire world or the entire world that was consuming movies and consuming product had that same experience on a Friday night of going into a blockbuster. There aren't that many things outside of physically being human and being alive and breathing that bind us together in the same exact way that everybody is doing. Everybody knew a Blockbuster, and 12 years later, almost no one knows what a Blockbuster was. That's crazy. As quick as it rose, and as quick as it was huge, from 1985, a year after I was born, okay, so I've outlived almost the video rental industry, which kind of blows my mind. Um, you know, it's just completely wild. And this movie captures it. It feels authentic. The look, the places they decide to to film, the way the interviews are edited and cut the the message that the movie is trying to convey the clips that it uses the um uh the um look of the store the look of the you know last blockbuster in the world all of that this does not feel like it's a movie being made by someone that read about blockbuster one time and decided to make a movie about it this is someone who lived it who understands it, making a movie and including interviews with people who lived it and understand it. And I won't tell you, you know, some of the surprise people that are in there because it's it's better to see it and get hit with it. But there's also detractors in there. This movie is not 100% full of people just singing the praises because there were some negative sides, you know, to the existence of this company um, and the way that they handled business. And the movie doesn't shy away from that. 
And, um, you know, it's only a movie you could make after that company had kind of seen the beginning, middle, and end of its life cycle. Um, Now I only hope that movies like this and people like you that are listening to this help continue to share that experience and keep places like the last blockbuster in Bend, Oregon, and family video, hashtag save the video store, and um, other things alive. Hell, maybe someday another blockbuster can open back up. You know, who knows? I'm really surprised Disney didn't, you know, try it with Captain Marvel. I know that Deadpool 2 did one in England. Um, But, you know, it's just so wild that this brings so many people together. And, you know, the movie's even got some drama in it. You know, know, those of you listening to this, you know, might not know, you know, when you're listening to this, uh, by the time this review comes out, is the last blockbuster in Bend, Oregon still functioning and doing well? This movie you know, gives you the story about whether or not that's possible or not. I'm not going to tell you the answer. Um, it's, it's very fascinating. And knowing that it took so long to make, I mean, I wish I had been a Kickstarter backer. I literally started my podcast and then like a month into it, someone said, have you heard about the last blockbuster movie? You got to talk to Taylor Morden. And in that same time period, the folks from Bend found me and like mutually we were talking back and forth and then I got Sandy on the show. So of course I had to get involved and find out stuff about this movie, but I didn't have that, you know, that incredible um, outpouring, seeing that outpouring for the Kickstarter and everything. I would have loved to have been part of it. But I'm still able to hold this movie in my hands. And I can't wait. I really hope I'm able to get it on VHS. And I hope you listening, even if you don't have a VHS player, that you know you think about getting a hold of the, the VHS and maybe think about getting a hold of a VHS player because there's just something about the weight and the feel and seeing a Blockbuster logo on a VHS tape. When I started at Blockbuster in 2001, we had a row of DVDs. A bay, if you will. Um, The rest of the store was all VHS. And to think that I'm now holding the successor (laughs) to a DVD in my hand. And that most of this stuff is digital now. It's it's just so wild. And then, you know, VHS was around from 85 to the early 2000s. I believe the last VHS produced officially was 2016's, uh, from a big studio, 2016's A History of Violence. Was it 2016 or 2006? I could be having the dates wrong. Don't mind me on the recording. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fix it. I'm not gonna look it up. Screw it. That's not what this is about. This is about the last blockbuster. So I don't want to keep you forever, but I just want to reiterate enthusiastically that you know I could go on and break down every single thing that happens in this documentary step by step, and I'd love to. You know, but the story, especially if you haven't been living it and following it along, is a great one to follow to figure out really what in what went into, you know, I started filming and the story was kind of here. By the time we finished filming, this is where the story was. And all the weird, silly stuff that happened during that is a great journey to take. You will not be disappointed if you pick this up, if for nothing else than just a piece of history this movie serves. If you've never walked into a blockbuster, this is going to give you the feel. You're going to know what it felt like to be 17-year-old me in 2001 working at a blockbuster. When you see the young folks in this movie working at a blockbuster, you're going to get it. It's going to make sense. This is a living time capsule. The fact that you can watch it and know, yeah, there's hope. There's still one. There's still one. Um, It's a hopeful future that this movie spells out. The fact that 
you can transcend the thing that was looked at as so negatively and turn this into not just a nostalgia goggles movie that, you know, we're looking back on because we like the experience, but look to go that that name, that company survived because of people that loved the job and wanted to do it, not just because of somebody's bottom line, is a really damn important story to tell. And what Taylor and Zeke and Sandy and everybody else involved with Pop Motion Pictures and all of the Kickstarter backers whose names are all on the end credits, so look out for your name if you were there. Um, What they have done here is crafted a love letter to a time that wasn't that long ago, yet feels like it was so damn long ago. Um, And they've done it in, in one documentary, in one film. We didn't need, you know, entire seasons, even though I've got a blockbuster set season of a show would be a wonderful thing. They're able to do this, and now I have this forever, you guys. I have this forever, and you have this forever. And we can share in that experience, that 9,000 store experience that we used to share on a Friday night, by popping this thing on and remembering what it was like to be able to call, you know, your dad up at work and say, hey, I really want to see, um, you know, whatever, you know, pick a movie. There's way too many to think about. Blockbuster has got it guaranteed in stock and him going, well, you know what? We'll go on Wednesday because I know it comes out on Tuesday. That's when they put it in the wall and we'll just keep it the extra couple days and take the late fees so we know that we get it. You know, these kinds of things, the, the, you know, the regular employees, uh, regular customers that come in and, you know, make jokes like, hey, I keep the lights on here. You know, and it's it's just wild. It's wild to think that it was such a short time ago, and yet it still feels so distant. But when someone puts it on screen, it all comes back. And it's the same thing I do on my podcast. When a guest comes on and starts talking, it all comes back. It's amazing to think that someone in Wisconsin, that someone in Nevada, that someone in Australia could all have had the same damn experience, but we all did. And there's very few things in life, especially in the earlier pre-days of the internet, that tied people together as much as this industry did. So, to Blockbuster Video, if you listen to this, you know, the, the name at Blockbuster Video, owned by Dish Network, thank you guys for allowing them to still have the name on the store. And thank you guys for supporting this film. To Taylor and Zeke, you know, I've I've gotten to know you, Taylor, and I feel like I know Zeke through talking to you and Sandy about him. But, you know, if you're listening, um, thank you so much for this movie. And to Sandy Harding and the Tisher family and Ryan and everyone working at the last blockbuster in the world, thank you guys so, so much for continuing to fight the good fight and continuing to make it be so one tiny microcosm in the west coast of the United States, you can still make it a blockbuster night on a Friday evening. Thank you guys for listening. Really, really enjoyed doing this review. And again, bendblockbuster.com. Get over there, pre-order a copy of this movie. You will not be disappointed. Um, If you want to find more from me, search This Made the Chippa on Google. Um, go to patreon.com slash the chippa if you want to support me in my endeavors i'd really appreciate it and other than that you know this was a movie review but i'll end it the way i end talkbuster thank you for making it a talkbuster night or day or whenever you were listening to this review and please be kind rewind have a great one bye <laughs>